taking you now live to the frozen north of the planet Barsoom, where an expedition from Helium is entering the Carrion Caves. Isn't a fit night out for man or beast? No, oh, well, now I'm off to get my life-sustaining supplies, cornmeal and gunpowder and ham hocks and guitar strings. The cave of the abominable snow monster. I'll give you a lift. Hop aboard, mateys. <clears throat> now, Marsh! Marsh! Chicago Bureau of the Boston Man Blade. Dateline Jesse. The Pants and Press Production. For fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs and Pulp Adventure, here's your host, Elmo. Welcome to show number 46. That was a pan flute version of the Tarzan yell. And here's a clarinet. Those come to you thanks to Francisco Camas, who is a uh, physicist and researcher in the Spanish National Biotechnology Center. And he's also a professional musician. He sent them to Bill Hillman over at Herbzine.com. And he mentions, I'm just working on scientific software that can extract from any monophonic sound through several steps a very accurate score with the conventional notation on five-line staves, including several specific, although also conventional, microtonal music symbols, because the Tarzan yell is not tempered in the semitonal scale. In order to test orally the accuracy of this score, I built from it artificial MIDI sounds. As you know, MIDI files can be performed on a lot of synthesizers and computer music software. Thus, you can ultimately hear the Tarzan yell played by many different MIDI instruments. (laughs) 
He definitely sounds more like a physicist than any musician I've ever talked to. <laughs> but uh, thanks to Francisco and Bill Hillman for giving me permission to play some of those. That was an oboe. I'm a robot. This is Professor Paul Yoder of the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, and you have been listening to Dateline Jassoom. Today we have part two of our look at Professor Paul Yoder's class at the University of Arkansas Little Rock, which uh, asked the question, is Tarzan a literary icon among characters such as Frankenstein, Dracula, and Sherlock Holmes? And we're going to talk to Steve Alsup, a Burroughs fan uh, who is active on the Edgar Rice Burroughs email lists. And uh, here's a little... Um, a snippet of my conversation uh, with Professor Yoder, and then we'll get to a chat I had with Steve, who is taking the class at uh, the university. I'm looking forward to um, you know other ways I can work him into other classes. Yeah, maybe take a look at some of his other works besides. Yeah, Carson well, that's one well. thing that I'm really getting out of the class too is, is, is Steve Alsop's enthusiasm for Burroughs um, he, and his he is, knowledge he, about this stuff. He, he is as big a fan as any of us of, of the works of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah, and, I mean, he's a real asset in the class, too. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I always, I, I kind of double-check everything with him before I say <laughs> Well, he'll report back to us if you get something wrong. But okay. he's, been, <laughs> he's, he's, been, uh, he's been real good, and uh, so that's great. All right, joining me today via Gridley Wave is Steve Alsup, uh, known on the... Uh, Burroughs email list says Korak. Uh, welcome to Dateline Jessum. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Steve, I wanted to give you a call because you've been telling us about a class you're taking at the University of Arkansas. Why don't you just tell us what that class is? Well, it's um, uh, English 7360. It's a Pop Icons, is actually the name of it. It's a and... course that Dr. Yoder um, devised um, to cover Frankenstein, Dracula, Sherlock Holmes, and Tarzan into one unit. And uh, I took this course about four years ago for credit when I was working on my master's degree there. Okay. And uh, I'm taking it. I decided to, I, I noticed he was offering it again this, this semester, and so I just had a little time on my hands, and I thought that would be a, a lark to sign up for it again just for fun, just to audit it, so... Was was Tarzan part of one of the icons four years ago when you took the class? Yes, it was the same. The difference was then it was open to undergraduates, and the class was massive. This uh, semester, it's only a uh, seven thousand level course, and it uh, we only have eight guys, eight people, oh, four girls and right. four guys. Okay. Well, before we before we get into that, tell me a little bit about your interest in Burroughs, and like how old are you, and when did you first start in, start reading Burroughs, and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, well, I just turned 50. <laughs> Hard mm -hmm. to believe. Uh, time flies when you're having fun yeah. or not, apparently. We're, um, we're all starting to get up there. <laughs> and every, eventually, I guess everybody does. 
Um, yeah. But I started reading Burroughs uh, when I was 12. Uh, around the time of my 12th birthday, I uh, found the, um, the Ballantine paperbacks uh, down at the department store and uh, just went hog wild crazy about it, about Burroughs. As started, what did you start with Tarzan or? Yeah, actually, I started with Volume One. Okay. And uh, I remember it was it was sitting there next to uh, Clark's 2001: A Space Odyssey, and I had to make a decision between those two. And I I felt like it was one of those main turning points in my life where I cho- chose adventure fantasy rather than uh, high tech sci fi. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you remember when when you first read Tarzan, 12 years old? Do Do you remember? Can, can you sort of put yourself back into that uh, 12-year-old Steve Alsup and and remember what it was like uh, reading that for the first time? Yeah, I can because it kind of, in fact, I don't think I've ever grown out of that 12-year-old mentality in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, still in a Tarzan craze. So yeah. It's pretty what, what, was, what was it about the story that just grabbed you at the time? Uh, I think it was Burroughs' style is uh, so uh, immaculate and dramatic and so action-packed and pulse-pounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and the moment I opened it up, I just immediately swept away um, Johnny Weissmuller and Ron Ailey forever. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a whole new fantasy world and very, very engaging. Yeah. Okay, well, jump forward now to uh, to this year in this class that you're taking. Uh, auditing at, at the university there. Uh, and just tell me, uh, describe the class for me and, and, and what it's like for you. Uh, um, having sort of an academic discussion about, uh, uh, about Tarzan. Um, well, um, one thing I was disappointed in is that this time around, see, the first time he offered it, it was, um, as pop icons, it was tying in with the cultural impact, and so we got to watch the movies for each of the four icons in our okay. class, which was fascinating. Uh, and this time he didn't emphasize that at all, just the literary aspect. So um, we haven't seen any movies except just for a brief uh, clips. Um, right. So right. he's completely coming from mainstream literature. Right. And uh, so he brought in a lot of things such as the uh, the connection with Conrad's Heart of Darkness, which I'd never heard of before. Yeah, that's very interesting. We talked about that a little bit. And, yeah, well, to me, that's sort of why I was interested in talking to him and to you is is sort of giving Burroughs and giving Tarzan um, sort of the... <clears throat> the literary attention that I think a lot of fans to some extent have, have always thought he deserved. And, yeah. and so it's fascinating to me that it's, it's getting this sort of look. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was really pleased when uh, penguin classic decided to issue uh, princess of Mars and Tarzan of the apes. Right. Um, I, I don't know, you know, uh, for me, it's, 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 it's not exactly like, Oh yeah, let's, let's get Burroughs into the literary canon because I'm not particularly that, sold on the literary canon is a problem. I, right. A lot of people think that that's automatically great stuff. I, I, I think, you know, if you like Steinbeck, read Steinbeck. If you like pulse-pounding adventure, read Burroughs, you know. And I don't necessarily think that uh, so-called mainstream literature is, is necessarily better than pulp escapist fiction. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's not, it was kind of why I wanted your perspective on this as well. Um, just uh, like me and a lot of uh, the, the Burroughs fans out there, uh, we came into it as as just sort of wide-eyed kids, just loving the, the pulse-pounding adventure, like you say. And, and so it's interesting. Um, your perspective on that is interesting right. to me. Um, and so what sort of... Uh, how how large? How many students are in this class? We have this, uh, this let's see. There's eight of us, and I believe okay. it's four girls and four guys. Okay. And uh, Professor Yoder, I think, was telling me that, except for you, I don't think any of them had read Burroughs before. Uh, what what kind of discussion is it generating in class? Well, actually, um, one guy had read Burroughs. He'd read Barsoom. Okay. He's a Conan fan. All um, right. Okay. That's Brian. And he had never read Tarzan of the Apes or Return of Tarzan. None okay. of them had read Tarzan of the Apes before. So, okay. um, but he had read some Barsoom. I don't think anybody else has, though. Did they give you? I, I mean, you're uh, you're a prolific poster on the on the email lists, and and so you you get to talk a lot with other Burroughs fans. Was it interesting to hear what? non-fans had to say about Burroughs and Tarzan, and, and what sorts of things were they saying? Yeah, uh, I was amazed at the response. Uh, it was a, Everybody loves Burroughs because he's so accessible, so mm-hmm. enjoyable. Whenever uh, somebody is on a graduate program and they're working their butt off to try to make uh, their deadlines, it's really great to have a writer that you can just cruise through. And so yeah. they're pre- I, I understand that they appreciate him because of that. Yeah. Just a practical uh, point of view, but one fellow did um, think that um, Tarzan was juvenile. It 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 struck him as being um, a children's book, and he thought okay. that it didn't have any existential impact. Um, right. And um, and that Dr. Yoder very enthusiastically pointed out that the whole thing is an existential experience for Tarzan yeah. as a wild yeah. man coming into civilization. Uh huh. What did? How about any any of the other students? Did they bring up anything that you, as someone who's been familiar with Tarzan most of your life, bring up anything or a perspective that you never saw before, and that made you go, "Wow, that's that's an interesting take on it." Yeah, um, especially Doctor Yoder has been doing that, um, and and I have been doing that on my own because actually this is the first time I've ever reread. The Return of Tarzan, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. I've reread most of the series, but I guess I was always kind of put off by that book because it's, it has more of a mainstream epic scope to the plot, and it, it doesn't get Tarzan back to the jungle until halfway through the book. Right. And so I, I love, I've always had a high opinion of Return of Tarzan. I just never have read, got, uh, I've reread the, the Queen Law part many times. Yeah. But I had never have read through all that early section of, uh, Tarzan in Paris, and it's just an eye-opener because uh, Burroughs uh, goes all out exploring aspects of Tarzan's personality and character that you never see in any other books whenever he becomes kind of a Clint Eastwood stone face type. Right. Like what? What are some examples that you're talking about? Um, he has uh, long conversations with D'Arno um, and with the Countess de Coud mm-hmm. about his uh, thoughts about um, just about everything. He's, he's, he, he, in fact, uh, Burroughs describes that whenever he's a secret agent in North Africa, 
he wanders around the streets getting to know and meet everybody. He's very curious about learning about uh, this whole new world, and he makes friends everywhere he goes to try to, you know, meet new people. And it's just a completely different um, attitude than he has in most of the other books. Right. Does that, after reexamining that a little bit uh, and sort of, maybe with a little bit of an academic reading does does that give you more insight into Tarzan in the later books and things like that does, oh yeah does it give you a new new perspective on Tarzan yeah it does I should have reread this book a long time ago um, it really settles my mind about a lot of issues that I was not sure about and it just also um, really makes me admire Burroughs because he was such a skilled craftsman and so talented at telling a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and The Return of Tarzan really exemplifies that when he's out of the formula. It's easy mm-hmm. to say, well, uh, all his books are the same. They all have the same formula. There's always a wedding proposal at the end of each book and all the various um, elements. In this book, it's different. And uh, it's one of, I don't know if that's because that's one of his very early books in which he was more that way, but but he was really paying his dues. Tarzan was paying his dues, and this book, and, and so that's why I'm really impressed with the return of Tarzan. Yeah, how um, how does the class work exactly? I, uh, basically, you guys just uh, read read the books, and then is is it a class discussion, or sort of describe the the format of the class and and how um, how Dr. it's worked this semester? Yeah, Doctor Yoder spoils us rotten. Uh, I got spoiled on him, and I got to where I couldn't almost take any of the class because he sets up a listserv where mm-hmm. we can write weekly journals and just communicate with each other, say whatever we feel like saying about our readings. In class, he is extremely encouraging of, of um, classroom participation. He doesn't just stand up there and lecture like some of them do. Yeah. Some of them will just uh, mouth off uh, with brain diarrhea for an hour. And mm-hmm. Dr. Yoder is always, uh, he never gets flustered when people raise their hand and want to say something right so it's an extremely enjoyable and we get kind of rambunctious actually it becomes a hilarious thing sometimes we we crack up and and and, and have a lot of fun mm-hmm. and uh is is tarzan generating a lot of uh, uh people come into class anxious to talk about uh various aspects and and a lot of participation uh that it's generating well, that's always been kind of a mystery to me is why do some of us respond to Burroughs the way we do and other people just don't? I mean, you, yeah. it's easy to say, well, that's because they never read it. But then when they read it, you know, it's like, yeah, that was a great book. And then they go on to the next book and they never read another Burroughs book the rest of their life. And and it, it, it doesn't doesn't give them the same passion that it gives us, I guess. Huh? There, there's something about it that grabs us and, and it's not for everybody, I guess. Right. Yeah. Kind of like the Marine Corps. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but but it has. You said it has. Uh, uh, there has been some good discussions in class. It sounds like. Yeah, so. everybody's enjoyed that, and I think the one we enjoyed the least was probably Frankenstein. Oh really? Um, and I think Mary Shelley had the was the hardest going uh, uh, compared to Doyle. I I really enjoyed Doyle though because I have uh, never read all the way through uh, the Holmes series and we didn't we weren't required to read all of the home stories just a sampling but i got right. so enthralled with doyle it was almost like when i discovered tarzan and i've read 
um, six of the nine volumes, and I'm planning to finish it up by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I see where Burroughs got a lot of his stylistic inspiration from that generation of British writers like Doyle and, um, of course, Kipling, and probably maybe H.G. Wells mm-hmm. and uh, H. H. Ryder Haggard. And uh, that, that's one of the beautiful things about Burroughs is that he was able to take that British style and Americanize it, I think. Right. Um, well, again, it's, it's just it's nice for me uh, to see Burroughs listed uh, among uh, those those other writers that you mentioned, Doyle and uh, and Shelley and and uh, even Conrad, as you say, Heart of Darkness. Uh, it's uh, I I guess I agree with you that uh, to me uh, it's it's always sort of the adventure and and the pulp fiction that I love, but and it's not important to me that necessarily that Burroughs be considered. Um, Literary, but it's nice in a way to see him getting that same mention. And uh, in that context, another odd thing I think to me is uh, that a lot of emphasis is put on the Tarzan series, which is really kind of uh, misleading in a sense that Burroughs is the grandfather of American science fiction. Right. And I don't think there's any question that he's in the canon of of great science fiction writers. You have Jules Verne and H.G. Wells. And then Burroughs, it goes over to America, and Burroughs is the first great American science fiction writer, and right. and there's no way to knock him out of that position. But the Tarzan books um, don't seem to be science fiction when, uh, you know, and you think, well, what genre are they? And I'm, yeah. it's a hard hard fit sometimes, because he does inject science fantasy into them. Sure. Uh, and he was, but but the people in my class... I had to, uh, you know, explain to them that Burroughs is actually a science fiction writer, primarily. Right. Do you find yourself, as a lifelong Burroughs fan, sort of taking a lead in the class, uh, along with Professor Yoder, to some extent? Uh, do people turn to you with questions about Burroughs and how the, how these stories that you're reading fit in to the rest of the canon and that sort of thing? Well, I've been I've been very flattered in that regard because um, Dr. Yoder has been so kind to me in that uh, in that sense and has really um, bragged on me in class because of he he knew he knows that I was in the Burroughs Bibliophiles and I'm a big Tarzan fan and um, more so than I probably deserve. Um, but considering that none of them had ever read any Tarzan books at all. Um, I did offer my assistance to the people who, um, and they requested my assistance uh, in the uh, oral projects that we had to do, and on the, and also on their papers that they had to do, which I didn't have to do the, uh, the term papers. I didn't mm-hmm. have to do anything that I didn't want to do because I'm auditing it. So what I, right. I just did the things that I wanted to do, like the weekly journals. I did an oral report, but I did an oral report on Vlad the Impaler instead of Tarzan because I didn't speak up quick enough. Uh, whenever people were volunteering for the oral project, so I, I enjoyed doing Vlad the Impaler a great deal, and I'm probably mm-hmm. second most expert on Dracula than uh, out of those four. Oh, really? Characters. Okay. Um, but the people that got to do their their projects on uh, Tarzan um, were were you know interested and in, in emailed me with questions they had about certain aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, uh, 
it sounds like a, a good course, and uh, I'm sure you had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and I wish that, um, I suppose I probably won't take it again, uh, but I, w- I, w- I wish that they would that he would develop a course. On There are several different courses you could develop from this concept. You could develop mm-hmm. a course on um, on science fiction writers with well, uh, Vern Wells and Burroughs. You could develop a course on um, fantasy writers with um, you know uh, using uh, Robert E. Howard or H.P. You could develop a course on sure. horror writers, Frankenstein, Dracula, and H.P. Lovecraft, for example. Sure. And uh, so all these things, um, it, the the future holds. We don't know when they, uh, but I'm sure these things will happen in our universities, and I'm sure in some universities they already are happening. Yeah. All right, Steve. Well, it's been very interesting. Thanks to thanks for uh, telling us all on on the herb list about uh, your class, and uh, it's it's been interesting for me to talk to Dr. Yoder and uh, and to you about your class. So thanks for thanks for sharing with us. I, I appreciate it, and I've, I'm glad to finally be able to get to speak with you. And I've I've known you for a long time, but I've never actually talked to you before. So. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's one thing I've I've been having fun with this podcast, uh, talking to some of the fans that uh, I haven't uh, gotten a chance to meet either at at the conventions or wherever. But uh, it gives me an excuse to kind of give people a call and chat with them a little bit. So it's been fun. Well, I'll look forward to hearing it. Hope you enjoyed it, Steve. That's going to do it for show number forty six. Thanks for joining me, and. Uh, I'd like to thank Steve Alsip and uh, Francisco Camas uh, and uh, a little bit of music in there from the Podsafe Music Network. Uh, I will talk to you in two weeks. This is Elmo from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, signing off. <laughs>